Thank you, Donnie. Thank you. It's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to be with you all this morning. I, I feel really humbled. Um, I look at the men that are in this room, and even those that couldn't make it this morning, uh, men that have blessed me, uh, men that have helped me with life, with the challenges that exist. Uh, don't know where I would be if I didn't have their help, and so I'm very grateful to that. I, I look to them in many respects, and I find myself up here, and I'm just reminded that um, it's not about me or it's not about them, but it's about our Lord. It's about Jesus, and we're getting into that holiday season, and we need to remember and reflect on, on why he came into this earth and why, why he called us to worship him and to follow him. And as I was preparing for this morning, I, I really... I asked the Lord, what does he want me to talk about? And uh, a theme that kept coming up was prayer. Now, prayer is a huge topic, you know, and, and there's so many books, excellent books on prayers. And I, I don't want to just rehash that information, not that it's a bad thing, because excellent books, they've blessed me. I've read, I've read books on that topic. But I tried to find a, in the Bible a, a psalm on prayer. And sure enough, I found one in Psalm 90. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 90. Psalm 90 is a, uh, a prayer of Moses. It is one of the first uh, prayers written in the Bible, at least in terms of the Psalms, it definitely is. Even though it's Psalm 90, they put it in the middle. And the, the, the prayer that Moses wrote, this Psalm that he wrote, was probably written shortly after he led the Israelites out of Egypt. We don't have an exact date of when the psalm was written, but we can glean from that, from the, from the words and, and what he speaks about, that it's probably shortly after, and probably shortly after they found out that they're going to be wandering in the desert for 40 years because they didn't want to trust in God. And we're going to get into that a little bit. So why don't I go ahead and turn there. And uh, let's start with the, uh, the first two verses. It's titled, The Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, Wherever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And here Moses begins with the simple recognition and complete dependence on who God is. If we're, if we're going to pray about anything, I think it's important that we start off with recognizing who he is and what he's done, because he is our creator. From eternity past, God has been who he said he was. He's given us life. He's given us a calling. And Moses starts off his prayer that way. Before the mountains were brought forth, he existed. Before the earth and the world. I'm, I'm teaching... Uh, in the children's ministry, and it's really a blessing to me, I get to, I didn't grow up 
in Sunday school. I didn't grow up in, in the church, really. And it's just a blessing to me. We're going through these lessons, and we're, we're starting in Genesis, and we're going through the creation, and they're asking me all these questions, and I can explain it to them. They're third graders, but it's a blessing to me because it's something I never really experienced as a kid, and I get to be part of it in a sense. I'm learning it in a sense or experiencing it for the first time. And um, it's, it's a blessing to me when I'm done. I feel like I got so much more of God in my life. I understand him better. And yes, I'm teaching little children, but in many ways they're teaching me because they have that sense of awe, that sense of faith when they look to God and they try to understand his word. It's just a blessing. Uh, the Hebrew word here for everlasting to everlasting is beyond the vanishing point. There is no limit to where God is or who he is. We can only understand him so much, and then there's even more. There's something beyond that. And it's a powerful, powerful way to, that Moses begins to pray for uh, towards him. Verse 3. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with the flood. They are like a dream, like, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. And in these verses we see just how fragile our lives are how fragile we really are. We see how short our lives are. The life that we now live is, is but a blink when you compare it with God's eternity. And once we die, we will spend eternity either with the Lord or apart from Him. Our lives are temporary here on this earth. And we don't know what tomorrow holds. And if we don't live having that expectancy of something to hope for, something to, to desire to be with the Lord, we tend to have less and less purpose in our lives. We tend to have less direction. And until we get that understanding, we're just going to walk through the motions of life not knowing what to do or where to go or, or even what our purpose is. Moses, as I mentioned, probably knew better than anyone else how frail and short this life is. He probably took part in millions of funerals, I would say. When the, when the, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they, the Lord told them, you're going you're gonna to be in this desert for 40 years until that former generation dies off. And so Moses was there year after year after year when, when so many people died. He saw the sorrow. He saw the pain. He saw the suffering that existed. Let's move on. Verse 7. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. 
You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. I tell you, I had a difficult time preparing for this psalm because there's a lot of, I don't want to say negative things, but there's definitely a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. Um, But there is hope. But as I was going through this, uh, it's just these verses, they, these that we read, they speak of death. There's a judgment, and that can cause us to live in fear. And we've all experienced that to a certain extent. We've experienced that idea of what's going to happen to me, where's my life going to end, what am I going to do once I die? And for those of us that know the Lord and for those of us that know his word, we don't have to live in that fear. It says here in verse 7, as I read, you have set our iniquities, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. Now, As I was thinking about prayer and how we pray to God, one of the greatest challenges that we have, that I have, is those things that are done that nobody else knows, those secret sins that are in our lives, and how that hinders us from praying, from calling on the name of the Lord. We we can't do it. There's something inside of us that says, well, wait a minute, how can I approach God, how can I talk to God? How can I ask him of anything when I got this going on? It's not easy. But Moses said it. Moses himself said it. The Bible says Moses was the humblest man that walked on the face of the earth. He talked to God as a friend talks to a man face to face. So Moses sets it out right here. Lord, you know everything. You know my heart. You know the things I've done. You know the things I'm dealing with. You know my struggles. You know my challenges. He laid it out there before the Lord. And so when, when we try to approach God, we need to be able to confess those things to him. Because if we don't confess them, we're basically saying, you know what, God? I don't really need you. I, I can handle this. I can take care of this. this. This is just for me. You don't need to know about this. And it brings me back to Adam and Eve. Way back in, in Genesis chapter, the first couple chapters of Genesis, God knew what Adam and Eve did. God knew where they were. They were hiding after they had eaten from the fruit. Yet Moses said, uh, Moses, God said, where are you? He knew exactly where they were. But he wanted to hear from them what's going on. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to open up our hearts. Prayer isn't a, uh, a righteous acknowledgement of, of how we've overcome or what we've done or, or how, you know, holy we are. We need to acknowledge who God is, who we are, and then we could start to talk about what God wants from us. And he'll reveal that to us when we pray. That's what this psalm, that's what I got out of this psalm. As we go through it, you'll see. There's, there's this acknowledgement of God and his eternity and his power and his omnipotence. 
And then it talks about us and our frailties. And then we'll see towards the end, there is something that God wants from us. And, and all I want to share with you this morning is those practical things that God wants from us. And I don't know the details, but I know that God will reveal that to each and every one of us individually. So we, okay. You know, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. He wrote the Genesis story. Like I said, he wrote about Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden. He wrote about how Satan tricked them into eating that fruit. That perfect fellowship with God was broken because of sin. Moses, he wrote the first five books. He wrote how corrupt man has become chapter after chapter after chapter in the Genesis story. It was the same Moses who wrote that God saw the wickedness of man and how great it was in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of mankind's heart was only for evil continually. God made up his mind to destroy man through the flood and to start over with Noah and his family. Moses wrote all of these things. He understood the brevity of sin. He understood how much it can destroy And yet it was the same Moses who gave up everything, all the pleasures of Egypt. He suffered affliction to be with the people of God. Moses let all those things behind. So we look to him as an example of what God wants from us and how those temporary pleasures distract us from what our real calling is. Verse 10. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So I came across this uh, interesting analogy of life. Maybe you've heard about it. It's called, I call it the Santa Claus analogy. And life is like Santa Claus. Four stages of life. The first one, we believe, the first stage is we believe in Santa Claus. He's real. We believe in Santa Claus. That would be the first stage of life. The second stage of life, we don't believe in him. Come on. Nobody believes in Santa Claus, right? That's the second stage of life. You get to a certain age, you realize there's no Santa Claus. But then you get to the third stage in life, and you become Santa Claus, right? We turn into Santa Claus. Those of you that have kids, you end up, uh, you know, might even dress up as Santa Claus. I haven't, but I know people who haven't. They're Santa Claus. But then we get to the fourth stage of life. It's probably the hardest one. I'm getting there. I'm not quite there. Fourth stage in life is you start to look like Santa Claus. <laughs> and that's it. That's life. Right? Now, if we live like that, not much to this life, is there? There's so much more to it. Moses didn't stop at all those afflictions, those difficulties, those challenges that, that 
that life of suffering that existed in the desert as he was wandering. He could have, he could have ended that prayer, you know, in verse, uh, verse 8 or verse 9, or ended it with, our days on this life are but 70 or 80 years. It's so hard. He could have ended it right there because it's true. And those of you that are older, you know this. You know the challenges that you've gone through in this life. You know the suffering. You know the pain. You know the sickness. It was real back then, and it's real today. And I know a little bit of it, but those of you that have lived longer, you've experienced it more and more and more. I don't know if it gets any easier. I don't think it does. And yet, like I said at the beginning, I looked at so many of you that have helped me with the challenges that I've gone through in my life, my, my walk with God. And you guys have given me advice about how to overcome this or how to deal with this problem. And that's that sense of fellowship. That's that sense of what it means to be a believer because it's not about us. Moses understood that. It's not about him. God offered Moses, because of the Israelites' disobedience, God told Moses, I'm going to wipe them all out and I'm going to start with you. And Moses said, Lord, Lord, don't do that. Moses could have said, you know, amen, I like that. Let's start with me. But no, Moses said, save these people, Lord. They need you. And the Lord relented. So like I was saying, there is hope in these verses. There is hope in trusting in God. There is a future kingdom that we're anticipating and which we are a part of. Our mortal lives will be transformed and we will participate in God's eternal glory for this world. It's through the power of his spirit. The dead will rise. We will see those who we've lost in this life. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we live in expectancy of that new life through his sacrifice and love for us. So as Moses said, Lord, give us wisdom to number our days. Let's continue, verse 13. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Satisfy us in the morning. Start your day with the Lord. Read his word, pray, talk to God. Just like we've done today, we've worshiped the Lord. We've prayed Start to make it a habit. Begin to thank the Lord for another day he's given you each and every morning. It's his mercy, it's his grace that gives us that ability to wake up. Maybe think about what you've done the night before. Every day that you wake up, it's the Lord saying, I want to give you another chance. If you living life where 
It's failure after failure after failure. And yet every morning you wake up and the Lord gives you life. Start that day off by thanking him. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you guys some practical examples here. We, we have prayer at this church, I believe, on Sunday mornings at 7. And then we have prayer on Wednesday mornings at what time? Now, that's not easy for some of us, for me included. I can't really make it, either my schedule, my work, my kids. I got different things going on. So it's not always easy. And then we have prayer this Sunday night. So let me just explain. Let me give you guys a little bit of analogy. Um, when, when, the Lord took, when the Lord went to go pray many times, every time, he didn't take all of his disciples with him. How many did he take with him? Usually three. I, I believe it's every single time when the Lord went off somewhere and he took someone with him, when he wasn't alone to pray, he took three other men with him. So I'm a teacher, so we're going to do a little math lesson here. Make sure you guys are awake. How many, Lord has how many disciples? Twelve, right? So what percentage of the disciples did the Lord take with him to go pray? Twenty-five percent. Good. <laughs> I tell my students at school a lot of times when I'm trying to get them to stay focused and listen to me, um, I won't let them leave class, you know, if, if we have, you know, lunch or recess, I won't let them leave class until we get what we have to get done. So hopefully I won't do that today, this morning with, with breakfast waiting for us. But the Lord took 25% of his disciples to go pray. I'm not asking you to go to prayer every Sunday, but how many, typically, how many weeks are there in a month? Four, right? If you can go to once a month to prayer, one of these prayer meetings that we have, see how it is. See if you like it. See if it's for you. But make that commitment. Maybe you'll go every week, but make that commitment to say, you know what, let me do this once a month. Maybe that's all you could do because of your schedule. Because you just can't fit it in. And, and I'm not trying to be, you know, I get that. That's life. Take the time to pray on your own, but take the time to pray with other men. Find time. Make time for God. Let's continue. In verse 15. 15, 16. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let me tell you an interesting story about Moses. Moses, as you know, Spent time with God. He went up to the mountain and received the Ten Commandments. And then he brought it to the people. 
In Exodus chapter 32, you don't have to turn there. Um, I think you know the gist of the story. Um, Moses came down from that mountain. And Joshua was there to meet him at the base of the mountain. And Joshua said to Moses, Moses, listen. There's a sound coming from the camp where the Israelites are, where the people are waiting for you to come down. And Joshua says, it's the sound of war. There's fighting. Moses says, that's not the sound of war. That's not the sound of victory. That's not the sound of defeat. That's the sound of singing. Those people have corrupted themselves. They began to do idol worship. They, they, they created the golden calf. Moses knew what that sound was. They heard the same sound. Moses heard uh, what that noise was coming from, as did Joshua. They were there together. Joshua was actually there even longer. He's probably waiting to tell Moses what he's hearing. So how is it that Moses heard correctly, but Joshua didn't? Two things that I can get out of this. Two things that I noticed. First, on a practical level, I think it's best when we listen to our elders. For those young guys out here, listen to your parents. They can hear things a lot of times better than we can. Moses had that spiritual discernment. He could hear what was going on. The second thing that Moses heard, that why Moses understood what was going on and Joshua didn't, what did Moses do right before he came down from the mountain? Where was he? Who was he with? He was with God. What was he doing? He was talking to him. He was praying. He was listening. The Lord was speaking to him. The Lord gave him his word. He said, take this word. These are my words written by my fingers. Take these down to the people. Moses had that spiritual discernment because he spent that time in prayer. He knew what he had to do. Joshua, did, Joshua didn't see that. He didn't have that time with God to really discern and to hear what the Lord wants you to hear. And that's important for us. That's important for me, for our lives. Because God's desire is to speak through us. He wants to speak to us individually, personally, so that we know what to do when we start our day. Lord, help me to, to hear what you want me to hear today, to know how to act, to know how to proceed. We need that in our lives. So let me just, let's finish up here. We read verse 16. Let's finish up with verse 17. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. When we are able to pray to God, and confess and be thankful for all that he's done in our lives and who he is, we can then step into applying all those things and understanding what God wants us to do. God wants us to do on a daily basis. Lord, what is it that you would have for me to do today? How do you want me to work today? This was Moses' prayer. This, this prayer of Moses shows us God's eternal greatness and power. It shows us our weakness, our inability to do anything with God's help, how we can live a righteous life without, 
without God's wisdom, we can't live a righteous life without God's wisdom and without his spirit leading us. We need to call upon his grace daily so that we can live the life that God wants us to live. Moses remained faithful even though he was told he, was, he would not enter the promised land. Yet he continued to obey God and follow his laws. God blessed him with something greater. As you know, the transfiguration, where Jesus, like I mentioned earlier, went to go pray, and he took three of his disciples with him. And there was uh, Moses and Elijah. So Moses did enter the promised land, but it wasn't according to what he had expected. Why do I say all that? I look at my life and the mistakes I've made, the challenges that I've come across, and I sometimes wonder, will God bless me? Will God fulfill his promises in my life? Um, I don't know if many of you know this, but I was, I was married, and my wife decided to, to leave me. Not of anything that I necessarily did. I mean, I had my guilt, um, but she decided to, to just, you know. And I wondered, and I wondered, Lord, how will you make things right? How will you restore these hurts? And it may not be in this life. For Moses, he died. He was 120. He did not enter the promised land. But the Lord did allow him to enter, as we saw with Jesus. And there are many things in this life that we don't understand, that we don't know what will happen or how they will be rectified. We feel that there's a, a sense of injustice. But God will come through. I say all that because it's so easy, and I know I've been challenged with it, to step away. Say, you know what, Lord, all these things are happening to me. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you're going through financial difficulty. Maybe you have marital problems. Whatever it may be, it's so easy to just turn around and say, I don't need this. God's not there. God's not listening. What if Moses did that? What if Moses just all these things I've done for you, Lord, I've gave up everything, and now you're, you're not giving me those blessings that you promised me? What if Moses walked away? He didn't. He remained faithful. And so my challenge to you is to just remain faithful. Remain faithful to God. Pray in the midst of those trials. As I mentioned earlier, uh, about four or five years ago, uh, we started a prayer group on Friday mornings, which I guess now is Wednesdays? Wednesdays. And one of the things that I've learned from that prayer group was it was hard. It was early in the morning, and, but it was worth it because praying with that group of men, they really blessed me, and they really strengthened my faith, and they encouraged me. And so when the, those challenges came in my life that I was completely blindsided, not expecting, I went to these men. And I told them, this is what's going on. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have them. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have that time in prayer when those difficulties of life came before me. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if God still loved me. 
I kept asking the Lord, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? But God saw me through that because of that, that, that group of men, that time of prayer. And I understood now that was one of the reasons why God wanted me there so early in the morning. And it's just a testimony to his faithfulness because it's so easy to just give up and walk away. Let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll close there. It's a prayer of Paul. Well, it's, it's prayer speaking to the Ephesians, and he says this, Chapter 1, verses 15. And this is for all of us. Let it be our thanksgiving and prayer to one another. Verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power, power towards us who believe, according to the working, according to the working of his great might? May the Lord bless us and remind us uh, how much we need him in our lives and how much we need one another. Amen.